You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent. Rate My Agent is a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. This is another Shortcuts episode where I visit a guest from a previous episode, catch up on what they're doing, all with three or four questions very quick, and get their take on some of today's hot topics. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 353 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. As you heard in the intro, it's, this is another Shortcuts episode where I'm interviewing somebody from the past. Uh, this is somebody who, who has logged more hours on this podcast than anyone other than me. That should, If you're a listener, you know who I'm talking about already. This is going to be Joe Rand. Uh, Joe is doing some really cool stuff. Uh, I can't wait to ask him the four questions, see where he's at in his life. Let's get this thing started. Joe Rand, it feels like it's been, I don't know, two months since we talked last. <laughs> it feels like five minutes ago, Bill. It feels like as soon as I talk to you, it's like we fall back into the same rhythm. Yeah, I know we're doing a straight podcast. We're going to yes. answer some real questions about real issues, right. but I just can't help but hearken back to the summer of two years ago when we did those dumb ranting and raving episodes with me answering listener questions spontaneously, no no prep at all, and uh, having a lot of fun with it. And like for some reason now, this is not the way I normally talk, Bill. This is only the way I talk to you on the podcast. I have a normal voice, but I'm falling into my ranting and raving vocal pattern where I repeat your name, Bill, every 30 seconds and just keep going. But I'm excited to be back. First of all, my last three episodes have been real estate rewind sessions. This is what I do when I'm vacationing. I, I just yes. got to take a break. And I ran three of the ranting and ravings. So that was pretty fun. I, I saw that. I was very, uh, I, was, I, was, I was honored that those made the rewind. They were good enough for the rewinds. I'm sure they confused the heck out of people who didn't hear them the first time. Like, what exactly is this? And I'm answering questions about the horse-sized ducks. And I'm answering questions about stealing melons or mangoes from uh, supermarkets and whatnot, right. giving people my own specific taste of morality, which is very skewed uh, to against the sort of the traditional conceptions of morality. So that's, I'm very honored by that. I'm really, it's very nice of you to rerun those. Um, and uh, hopefully people get a chance to listen to them because they are kind of fun. Yeah, there is a subset. I've got them categorized on the podcast. <laughs> Just head on over, do a search for ranting and raving. You pull up all 20 episodes. <laughs> um, we did 20 of those. Oh, 20, my God. 20. Wow. Yeah. Hey, do you know it, it was March of 2019 for your very first appearance on the, uh, the Real Estate Sessions? Now you're kind of like, I don't know, um, who, who was on The Tonight Show the most? <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, I'm like Don Rickles. Don Rickles. Probably that's the best. That's probably the best analogy for Don Rickles uh, when he would come on like as a fill-in when somebody would back out. I have no idea who backed out on you, Bill. Oh, uh, like 20 minutes before we called, and you're like, "Hey, Joe, can you do a fill-in?" Like, I wasn't able to get uh, you know Robert Rifkin uh, backed out on me, so I need somebody at the last minute to just come in and and just babble on for a few minutes. Um, but yeah, I remember, and you know what I remember very distinctly about my first appearance and it was my first appearance was the first time we met we had not mm -hmm. met or, or anything it was our literally the first experience we ever had engaging with each other was on your podcast four mm -hmm. years ago 
Um, and the reason you asked me on was because a woman by the name of Melanie Pache, Canadian realtor, had mentioned my book like in an episode. Yep. And then you said, well, I have, to, I have to bring this guy on because she was very, very complimentary. And I still remember that. It's one of the nicest things, you know, her, her little uh, uh, dialogue about reading the book and how it affected her was really one of the nicest things anyone's ever said about me. It's not a, I got to be honest, the list of nice things people have said about me relatively short it's not a it's not a it's not a high bar it's not a very heavy competition but it is one of the nicest things anywhere there said what melanie said on the podcast and then you had me on and then we had fun and then we decided to do the ranting and ravings and then you know we're now buddies we see so we actually see each other at conferences and have meals together and things like that it's great still need to share a tea time we'll work that out it'll be up in your it'll be up your way that'll be the best part about it um great look so here i the, the way the, the shortcuts work, I call this the real estate shortcuts. It's me revisiting someone that I had interviewed for that first time a while ago. So we're going to go for, I want you to kind of forget about ranting and raving for a little bit. Yeah. And, sure. and there's simple four questions. First question, since we last talked, right, which is March of 2019. So there's that four year time span. Yeah. What is the most exciting thing to happen to you? Wow. Professionally or personally or both? Either one. You 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 get to yeah, the uh, the personal one I can't talk about because you know, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> you know it's a little it's a little penthouse for me, Bill. If oh, I can just be yeah. honest, so why don't we let's go, let's can't go talk about that one? You know, I never thought this would happen to me, type thing, Bill. Yeah, that's the most exciting thing. But the most ex- I would listen. I don't think I could could answer that question from a professional perspective and not talk about the fact that. Uh, back in fall of 2020, um, uh, the real estate company that I've worked at for 25 years that my mother founded back in the early 80s that we took on an equity partner in Howard Hanna. Uh, and I sold some of my interest in the company, which freed me up from the day-to-day. I don't work day-to-day with the company anymore the way I did back in 2019. I now do a lot more speaking uh, at events and paid keynotes. And I do consulting for MLSs and I do their strategic planning meetings and things like that. I do a lot of that. It's also freed me of time that I'm now the, I'm going to be the next mayor of Nyack, New York. I'm right now the deputy mayor and um, uh, I'm, I'm up for, I'm, I'm running for mayor. No one is running against me. So I'm unopposed for mayor. Which is, it gives possible, me, I think about, is it possible to lose still? I'm just curious. Yes, it is absolutely, <laughs> I'm absolutely confident. People all keep, they're all calling me mayor and I'm like, listen, I give myself about a 70% chance of winning since I'm running unopposed. <laughs> like there could easily be a write-in campaign that could take me out, Bill. So I don't take anything for granted. But you know what? It, it you know, doing the deal with the Hannas, who've been wonderful people, they've been great to us, they've been great to work with, they've been great for the company. Um, I really think the world of them. And um, it's really freed me up to do some things that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to kind of give back to the community and through public service, which I'm doing now. Uh, it's given me an opportunity to do a lot more traveling to speak and things like that. So that's probably the most exciting thing. I mean, you know, when you when you when you sell part of a company that you've been building for 25 years, that's definitely one of the most exciting things that happens over a three or four year period, without question. That's right. That's awesome. Uh, number two. It, now we all know anyone who knows you knows that you are a freak for fantasy football. I mean, oh, on a yeah. level that is. I mean, like king of freak. It's it's for those for those who don't know this part at all. Quickly share this that he 
Joe creates every Sunday a spreadsheet that has eight different leagues he's in, and it's got yeah. all his rosters and who he's playing against for eight yeah. different eight different yeah. team or leagues he's in. And then he 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 has a deal with his wife and children that yeah. this is my alone time from one to nine or basically whatever. No, that no, it's it's only one to five. It's, okay. it's like twelve forty five to like four thirty. Oh, okay, good. But, I watch the begin. I, I kind of lead into the games at one o'clock, and then I. I have to be able to watch the end of the games and a lot of them bleed into the four o'clock hours. So he's got yeah. multiple screens set up. He's got a, every yeah. every he pays for every streaming service out there to find anything. He's yeah, he's I like do. a lifetime yeah. red zone platinum member. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's expensive, isn't it? It's it becomes expensive. I'll be honest with you. But but I you told me something in, in this year where you said you actually watched an entire Yankees game. Oh well, all right. Let's let yes, I did, I did, and and let's let me just let me give a little background here, sure. Because fa- frankly, your description of my fantasy football addiction uh-huh. is is only slightly less embarrassing than my penthouse forum letter that I was going to tell you about <laughs> in the first question. So, like the fact that you've given people all this information about me that this is you know this is a weakness. This is it's not quite gambling, and I don't really gamble. Yeah. I, you know, I put a couple, I, you know, I probably over the course of a season will spend 500, 600 bucks on entry fees for leagues. And that pretty much sat every week. I, I, I play a lot of with friends. I've, you know, we had a league once me and you mm-hmm. with uh, some industry mm-hmm. people, we yep. gave the money to, uh, uh, to charity. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so it's mostly just fun. It gives me a reason to watch the games and whatnot. And I have a good time with it. And like I said, my wife, um, is very forgiving, as you would have to think. She's very forgiving and very yeah, sure. patient woman of the patience of a saint. And so she gives me this like little block of time. I generally will watch the evening games, and I'll watch like the afternoon. I'll watch that about Sunday afternoon. I got to be locked in because there's like eight or nine games going on. Though. Sure. So like you sure got to be, you know, I can watch the Monday night game and just have it on yeah. while I'm cooking dinner and stuff. But like the Sunday one o'clock, I got to be. I got to be focused. I have to send out my my you know my my me- mental you know control over chance events that I have. Right. You know, that, I find a lucky really, spot on the couch. You really believe you can make a difference. I love that yes, about you. That's I awesome. Do. How I root makes a difference. Listen, I I will use the same pen if I have a good week writing out my little grid, and I have a good week. I save that pen. I use it next week. I don't I don't bring on some new pen. You got to have a tried and true pen. All right. So the point is, I love football. But I will tell you, Bill, I got my start with the fantasy sports with baseball mm-hmm. 20-something years ago. And I played baseball first, and for like four or five years, it was only baseball. Then it was baseball and football. But I love baseball. I am a baseball fan through and through. I've been a baseball fan my whole life, um, except about four or five years ago, I lost, I lost interest in the fantasy game because it became very complicated. There's just too many games going on, too many different – People are making changes. I mean, the thing about football is it's, you know, basically you set your lineup, you're done. Yeah. Baseball, there was like lineup changes every day. You're in a baseball league, we know, that goes by the original rotisserie rules yeah. that go back like 40 years for the original founding. And that requires you to, you got to spray you, you who want each other. Yes, we do. And you got to like, you have to, you make daily changes. It's very complicated. It's not a hobby anymore. That's like a job. And I didn't like having a job, another job doing fantasy baseball. So I stopped doing fantasy baseball, and that led to me kind of losing my day-to-day interest in baseball. But I perked up, Bill. We talked a lot in Randy Raving about, like, my lack of interest in baseball. That has changed this last year or so. I've got a little more into it. I took my son to a game. He's 12. 
for the first time. We saw a game back in April, um, and we went to Yankee Stadium and we watched the whole game. And he, he we got good seats on the first baseline. And Anthony Rizzo tossing at the end of the warmups, tossing the ball to this to the kids in the stands. My son got one of those balls. He will never forget. It's one of his great experiences. Wow. Um, and and I think the kid that he beat up to get the ball is going to be fine. I think that's going to be okay. Good luck. I mean, you know, when they were wheeling him out, he looked like he was going to he's get his thumbs up. Your son has good legal counsel. He'll be fine. <laughs> he's you know, got to learn. Don't get between my kid and the baseball. Um, and I'm actually going again in August. I just got some tickets in um, at an auction at a charity thing uh, to see the Yanks versus – you ready for this? The Rays, Tampa Bay Devil Rays. I'm flying up. I'm flying and, up. <laughs> if you fly up, you fly up, Bill. I'll take it. You, you want to be my second ticket? I'll take you to the game. On August. It's it's in August. I'll let you know the date. I'll let you right, know the date. But yeah, I, be more busy, than I have a busy August, but I am right, going well, to. I am going to DC uh, to see the Nationals. My son, I hadn't been to the new National Stadium. Um, be awesome if it was the day after that. But we'll talk. <laughs> Well, uh, we'll talk. Uh, you just right. can't wear that, that hat you're wearing. He's, uh, you can't oh, see I, him right now, audience. I won't. He's wearing his Tampa Bay hat. I, you wear I, that I, hat I, to Yankee Stadium. I can't, I can't, I can't protect you, Bill. I can't, yeah. I can't vouch for your safety. I will never, no matter where, who, how hard I root for a team, I'll never uh, wear my team's gear into another stadium. I only because I grew up in San Diego where everybody came to the Padres game. Uh, wearing disrespectful, Bill. It's disrespectful. Disrespectful. Yeah. It's also, there's, there's a whole story behind it. We'll, we'll save that for another show. So I love baseball. And I will tell you this, Bill, what did I say two years ago about baseball that they had to do? That I, that I got Speed tired of watching it. Dude, Speed it up. Changes. And they sped it up, Bill. It's amazing. They sped it up. It's the games are not coming in at two and a half hours, which is a very reasonable period of time Absolutely. to commit to a baseball game. Yep. And I can't believe they never did it. I can't believe that now they've done it. It's been, I, I mean, I, I never thought it'd be as successful, the little pitch count thing they've done oh. to shorten that game. But mm-hmm. it really is like, it may, it, from like 40, 40 minutes or so, they cut out of the average game. And that's a lot of time of yeah. staring at a guy just sort of adjusting himself on the mound. Yeah, it's it's the it's the best thing ever. I'm glad the shift is gone. I don't care about the size of the base. That's kind of weird. And I love seeing the stolen base come back into the game. It's a big deal now. With you yeah, know, it really is. I think and it's you good. know what? I, good. I thought I would hate it, but I like the extra inning rule where they start a player on second base. I know you're yeah. a purist. You're not going to like that. Yeah. You know what, Bill? Hey, you know yeah. what? You know the truth. I was talking to my brother about the other day when we agreed. They should start every inning with a player at second base. <laughs> what is this, what is this people? Let's get some action. Let's get some action going. Yeah, put that pressure pitcher under pressure right from the get-go. Every inning. Every score is going to be it's going to be double-digit scores every game. You're going to lose. You know what happens there? You're going to lose your. You're going to you're going to get back to time. Game's going to take a little longer. They'll take a little longer. There'll be a lot more scoring. Right, no one ever. Right. No one so ever we, leaves the twelve ten game and says, ah. Boy, again, there's just so much scoring. I got so boring to see them constantly scoring runs. No, nobody says that. Nobody, they don't. All right. Um, question That's number question three. two. That's question, right, two. Three? question number three. What's next for the Rands? We've talked a lot about your family. What's next? Um, it depends on the Rand. You know, my brother Greg is now, I'm not sure what his title is. He's like super senior VP, regional something for uh, works at anywhere. My brother, Greg, who yeah, worked right. with the company with me for a long yeah. time, left, started a company, sold it, 
and then you know got tempted back into the business and the Hannas were gracious enough to allow him to take this role on with anywhere and he's killing he's running their affiliates and he's running sort of their lead gen business uh i just saw him because i was speaking in charlotte and he lives near charlotte and we had lunch together and he was telling me all about it. he's he's loving and he's gonna he he really loves working anywhere he's having a great time so that's him my mom is retired my brothers dan and matt work in the real estate company howard hannah rand realty and I, they're doing a really great job and i think they've got a great relationship with hannah so what's going on with them going forward is they're continuing to run that company they still have a a lot of ownership more than me in the company now so they have every interest in trying to build that up you know they sold a little bit and the idea is you sell a little bit and then you earn it back as you make the company bigger and more profitable and then you you just keep making you know you keep 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 churning it um and they're doing a great job my my brother matt is a brilliant manager my brother um uh, dan runs the affiliates and he does a great job he's a incredible recruiter and and very brash and dynamic uh young man he's a lot younger than me he's 18 years younger than me so i'm an old man and he's like in his 30s um and uh and he's uh he's doing they're, they're both killing it so uh they're doing great i think that we'll continue to run howard hannah rand realty for extended future it's a good business and we have good partners in the hannahs and i think they'll just keep going on and on and as for me i will keep uh i'll do what i'm doing i'm gonna keep doing working with consulting and strategic planning for MLSs and associations and speaking to agents. And I think I'm going to try to formalize, get my, get myself out there a little bit more doing some specific types of training. I've, I've done some training recently, virtually that's gone mm -hmm. really well. And I'm mm -hmm. sort of thinking about trying to find ways to do more virtual training for groups of agents because I can do it relatively, you know, affordably for the agent and still with scale, you know, be, have it be successful for me to keep my, you know, keep my, my kids in, uh, in Yankee, uh, t-shirts and stuff. <laughs> awesome. Final question, right? We're going to take it really back to the real estate space now. So okay. what has your attention in the world of real estate right now? What is something you're really paying attention to? Uh, I'm paying a lot of attention now to the NAR lawsuits and the commission lawsuits. Um, I think they've, they've, they've become a bigger factor in our consciousness over the last year or two. I mean, they're getting more serious. The, the, the plaintiffs were, the class action was certified and then the appeal was denied to uncertify it. And so it's, it's looking like a very serious thing. Um, and you know, if you, I will say this, if you read our friend, Rob Hahn, and I love Rob to death, if you read him, um, you will, you will jump off a cliff, um, because he is very, very pessimistic about what could happen to the industry. I, I'm not that pessimistic. I sort of feel like, you know, he keeps making us, he keeps, when I talk to him, he says things like, well, this is what happened to the tobacco industry. I'm like, yeah, the tobacco industry had a product that killed people and they lied about it. Like, that's not what we're, we did as real estate brokers, <laughs> real estate brokers. We, we basically said, Hey, let's have this thing where we all exchange our information and we make offers of compensation to each other. And that incentivizes us all to work together and creates this open fluid market, which is good for consumers. And this is the, yeah, this is how NAR tells us to do it. This is the way we've always done it. This is no one's ever complained. And now all of a sudden they're like, well, we're going to, we want $8 trillion of damages from you for doing this. And it, it just strikes me as I just can't see that 
playing out that way. It just seems unfathomable to me that they would drive an entire profit, uh, entire industry that employs you know millions of people very productively in society and a market, a real estate market that runs very effectively, very fluidly, um, and and houses sell for for market prices and all these things work very well yeah. that they're going to throw all that out and, um, and give a lot of money to lawyers because this is one of those lawsuits. I mean, Bill, let's be honest. This is one of those lawsuits where at the end of the day, everybody that sold the house in the last 30 years is going to get a postcard that says, Hey, if you go online and fill out this form, you can get $14 right. um, in, de- in damages and the lawyers get like billions of dollars, but like every individual homeowner, you've had the, you ever get those postcards. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. like, Absolutely. Did you ever buy this blender? You yep. can fill up this postcard. You get eight dollars yep. back on your blender. It's like, ugh. It's I mean, do I really me. want to take the time to fill up? I don't, I don't need eight dollars that bad. Right. Um, the um, so like, I think it's all. I I I just can't believe that's going to happen that way. But it does have my attention. And the way I've been approaching it, I've been do, I have a talk I've done for some organizations. Is I think what no matter what agents need to articulate their value to buyers better. We don't do it very well. Part of it is the fact that buyer agency is still relatively new. It's like 30 or 40 years old. When seller agency was 30 or 40 years old, we didn't have a particularly good seller value proposition. We still took open listings. We still took exclusive agency listings, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, 30 or 40 years after the invention of seller agency. So, you know, it's still, we don't, we don't have it really well thought out as to what our value is. And we got to do a better job of that. We got to articulate the value. And I think the analogy I'll use, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but agents don't like showing how hard it is to their clients. They don't like showing their work. They don't like making it seem hard because they don't want their clients to get scared. Like they're worried the client is like, if they think, if they realize how expensive and how hard it is to buy a house, they're not going to buy anything. Right. So the agent does all this work like a duck across the gliding through the water and it looks like it's effortless. And then the duck is paddling furiously underneath the agent does a lot of work that the client never sees. Right. And we can't do that anymore. We got to show all that work. You know, I'm working with a, not with a, a startup that's creating an app that will track all your activities. And so, you know, at the end of a deal, you can like almost create like a billing statement of like, Here's all the hours I spent and all the money I spent working for you, the oh. gas I used, you know, the this, the time I spent traveling to showings, you know, things like that. And it's a really cool app. It, it, it's, it's, it's getting beta tested right now by a bunch of teams on the West Coast that, like, it does the kind of thing where, like, if you walk into a house that's for sale, it knows you're in a house for sale. And it'll give you a little pop-up and say, hey, you're at 123 Ridgeway. It's listed for sale. Why are you here? And you'll mm-hmm. have a couple of choices. You know, click here for... I'm showing, click here for I'm previewing, click here for I'm in, whatever, yeah. click it. Okay. Which client are you working with? And you um, pull a drop down of your client. So you don't have to like manually enter anything. It kind of prompts you, uh, but the idea is it tracks mean, what you do. That Evernote, <laughs> that Evernote note I made for an agent once that wanted to track everything. It was a, a to-do list of all the stuff they had to do. And yeah. he would check it off and put the date next to it when he did it. And he shared yeah. that note to his client. This is 15 years ago. Yeah, and that's and, and nobody does that, but it's a great practice. I mean, when when I was a lawyer, I would have to track my time every six minutes of the day. I had to track and bill it to a particular client. So every hour I had a it was broken up into 10 little increments, 10 six minute wow. increments every hour. Now most times I'd work a whole hour for a client, but like sometimes you'd have to like, oh, I get a phone call in the middle, you gotta mark the time and stuff like that. 
that I don't think any agent needs to do that, but I think agents need to say, you know, I spent four hours, you know, looking online for a house for you. I should track that time and tell you that yeah. I spent four hours. Yeah. You know, we don't do that well enough. And I think the point is that if worse comes to worse and seller paid buyer agency goes away, well, then we now at least have built up the skills and practices to start saying to buyers, well, the seller's not paying me anymore, so you need to pay me. And here's why you're going to pay me because all the value I bring to you. But even if that doesn't happen and we still, this current system continues on, it's still great practice to be able to say to your, your buyers and also your sellers, here are all the things I did for you. Let me explain what the value I bring to your transaction is. Because that's how, you know, we, we should do a better job of that. We should, it creates, it makes clients happier. We want clients to be happy. Joe, once again, another spectacular episode. <laughs> I really want to tell you about the thing I never thought would happen. No, 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 no. Maybe Risser After Dark. Risser After Dark, like late night, late night shenanigans. Wait. The Quiet Storm with Bill Risser. <laughs> it's always a pleasure, Bill. Thank you for having yeah. me on. It's, I'm honored to be with you. And you let me know about that raise game because I'm serious. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, we'll, we will chat. That'll be great. Joe, uh, once again, always a pleasure, really an honor talking to you. You, uh, I, I know you make fun of what people think about you, but uh, you're one of the most well-respected dudes in the business. And I love having you on the show. So thanks for doing this again. It's my pleasure, my friend. You be well.